Welcome to Season 4 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people. We're back at it again, and thank you for joining us for another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. This week's show is brought to you in part by CAE Transfers. CAE Transfers is an FFL license. Let me rephrase that. CAE Transfers actually holds an FFL license and handles all your transfer needs here in Columbia, South Carolina. And to be honest with you, I do believe CAE Transfers has the cheapest rates, prices, however you want to word it, in South Carolina. So I went to one place, I'm not going to say the company's name, but when I linked up with CAE Transfers, I was actually stunned and I was like, wow, I can't believe this. So if anything, head on over to Facebook and look up CAE transfers and hit them up and see what they can do for you as far as transferring your firearm from one location to the next. You will be amazed. And one more thing about CAE transfers, a few people actually contacted me in regards to transferring a firearm from one person to another or one person to a business. And they really didn't truly understand how the process went. I understand the ins and outs of the process, but I'm not well versed in it to give a clear definition of it, you know, where specific questions are asked. So I asked them to actually speak to Johnny at CAE Transfers, and he gave a couple people like an in-depth class into what takes place when you send a firearm from one person to another person or an entity of some such through an FFL. So if anything, Hit up CAE Transfers and tell them you heard about them through the M-W Tactical Podcast. Once again, I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. It is very much appreciated. So once you start hearing the commercial breaks of the show, just go ahead and hit up those sponsors of the show on Instagram, Facebook, or just send them an email or give them a phone call and tell them how much you appreciate them supporting this show because I actually do it every so often because, you know, I like to nag people just so I can stay in their thoughts. I'm that guy. Yes, I am that guy. Now, once again, if you will, or if you haven't, please head on over to the M-W Technical YouTube channel and check out the videos we put up over there. So you will find videos as far as product reviews, match reviews, tips, and of course, the video recording of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And then also, don't forget, once we hit 1,000 subscribers, we will be doing a giveaway. All right, so let everyone know in your friends list, family, everybody, 1,000 subscribers, we will be doing a giveaway. Now, some of y'all might not know it, but pretty much everyone who listens to the show knows I nag Rockstar. I nag her so much. She picked the phone up today and said, stop calling me and just hung up. (laughs) 
what if I would have been her employee or something like that? She just stopped nagging me. She would have got fired. I would have got blamed for it. But that's my job. I'm bringing in the ruckus. So without further ado, bringing forth the co-host of the M-W Tactical Podcast, the one, the only, the beautiful, the insatiable, the smart one, Rockstar. What's going on there with you there, Miss Rockstar? <laughs> well, it is currently snowing. Wow, that's yeah. all I can say is wow. <laughs> Winter is officially supposed to have been over with, and we're still dealing with snow right now. That's what I'm saying. It's April. It's supposed to be raining, not snowing. I could deal with the rain. It is snowing. It's been snowing all day. No, that's not good. That's not no. good. That's it's good. not sticking to the ground, thankfully, but it's it's coming down. I'm not I'm not amused. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't it snow one year in Texas, like in the summertime? Or someplace in the country that was like hot, Arizona or something like that? I think you're right. I think it was Texas. Um, that was a couple of years ago. But they do. I mean, northern Texas and even I think like the Dallas area gets I mean, normally not in spring and summer months, but I know they get, they can get chilly. I know, like, well, for a fact, here in South Carolina, the past couple of days, we've been having weather off and on, but we've been having like more tornado warnings over the past couple of days. And the rain and wind, you know, that's taken apart, but that's normally this time of the year. But the past couple of weeks have been happening a little bit more frequently than it usually have in the past couple of years. So climate change is real in a sense of speaking, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I will not rule out winter is officially over with yet because today it didn't break over 70 degrees. So, which is cold for you guys. It's cold it's for like me. <laughs> it's cold for me. I walked outside. I ran back in. I looked at the little assistant and said, hey, go get the mail. <laughs> so she ran out there. She was just as happy. Go check the mail. <laughs> but um, outside of the weather, how has your week been? Um, it's been busy. I feel like I... Okay, so I started drinking these things called adrenal cocktails. Have you ever heard of that? No, but please give me a clear definition of what's about to take place. <laughs> so there's no alcohol in adrenal cocktails, okay. but a lot of people deal with adrenal fatigue and, um, you know, we're over caffeinated. We mm. are, you know, overworked, we're stressed. And when you're stressed, your body obviously is producing more adrenaline and cortisol and lots of things that just keep your body kind of like in this like permanent state of, um, stress. So adrenal cocktails are supposed to kind of mitigate some of that. And it gives you a, a natural boost of energy. It gets your adrenal glands going and without, you know, having to use stimulants. So it doesn't use like caffeine or anything like that. So they're, and they're really good. They're like really tasty. And there's only three ingredients in the ones that I make. So it's orange juice and I get like fresh squeezed organic orange juice. And I don't like pulp. There's no pulp in my orange juice. And if you have time for pulp, I'm not not about that life. <laughs> so, so is this stuff considered to be somewhat of a detox or something? I don't know. 
if it's like a detox detox, but it's just sort of a, um, you know, it's just kind of a way to flush out some of your, your system. And it's a way to get that boost of energy without, um, you know, without having to use caffeine or other stimulants to get, to get that lift. Um, so how long have you been taking this? Like three weeks. <laughs> All right. So now did you have a, a rise in energy or have you like got so energetic in a day you just crashed out after a couple hours or anything or did you stay well balanced uh no you don't really like crash because there's not really like I mean unless you're really sensitive to sugar and some people are so like I use orange juice and then it's like a table or a teaspoon of cream of tartar and then I just and then it's um I put in Himalayan rock salt, but any sort of like, you know, natural mm. salt. And I just, you know, rotate. It's like one of those grinders. So I just rotate it a couple of times. And then I've got a frother because I used to make coffee drinks and I just froth it all together. And it's really good. It tastes like a creamsicle. It's like, I don't know, it's just like delicious and you just feel good after drinking it. <laughs> so now what's the pros to doing this that you felt over the past three weeks of? drinking this and the well, cons, pros and the cons. I, well, okay. So the pros are for sure. I haven't had to drink as much coffee. Um, okay. I've been kind of cutting back anyways. Like I just, there's only, I don't know. I mean, there's only so much coffee I really like to drink and I really don't like to drink it after like noon or one. Cause it'll keep me up like all night. Hmm. Um, so now I don't, I don't have to have caffeine if I have this. So that's definitely a pro. Another pro is I think they're delicious. Like it's super tasty and it's, um, I think another pro is that they're really easy to make. Like that's, you know, it's literally hmm. orange juice and two other ingredients. Um, hmm the cons I don't know I mean there is a lot of sugar so some people will do like lemon juice and they'll add honey instead or they'll use any sort of like citrus juice or use like grapefruit juice um which you want that citric acid that's the one of the benefits of it um so it does have I guess sugar but that doesn't really bother me um I think another con is that you probably like I feel I feel like if I drink it like I'll, I'll have to pee like shortly after it does like but anytime I drink juice or sugary things right like, oh, my body just processes that stuff real fast so <laughs> See, like for me I don't drink only thing I really drink is water juice and um Gatorade Powerade you know depending on where I'm at and what I get my hands on if I drink a soda I'm only drinking soda when I have a headache you know, so like caffeine can like kind of kick in and help mitigate the headache a little bit. But um, or if I'm feeling like low on sugar, if I can't get like candy or anything, then I'll drink like a soda. But outside of that, normally it's water, some form of juice or Gatorade or Powerade. Yeah, I don't I don't really drink soda. I do like ginger beer. I don't like ginger. I mean, I'll drink ginger ale, but I do like ginger beer. Oh, what's ginger beer? I never heard of this before. <laughs> it's basically it's it's like ginger ale but it's like real it's like not it's you know you use like real ginger root and it's mm. um it's but is just, it beer though no there's no alcohol in it oh, okay okay i gotta yeah. look for that then i want to try that i like ginger ale though i do like ginger yeah. ale yeah. I, yeah, I'm sick. I think I always associate ginger ale with being sick, so I don't like it as much. But I like—I don't mind how it tastes. It just was always like I'd have like ginger ale and saltines when I was a kid. Right. <laughs> I was... <laughs> so now, one of my concoctions that I do when I do get sick, like allergies kick up or something like that, 
um, sinus clogged or whatever the case may be. I normally take like, I did a video of this a couple weeks ago, Gatorade or Powerade or two packs of emergency in it. Another one that I do is just orange juice and ginger ale. You just mix it and just drink that. And then if I got a bag of cookies, I'm eating up the cookies because I believe cookies actually help you get better when you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Based on your anecdotal evidence. <laughs> yes, yes. From childhood till adulthood, it really worked. <laughs> yeah. So um, this week, um, I, I want to hit up these talking points and and get your opinion, your thoughts, and your input, so we can actually save the world and make at least the corner that we live in of the world a better place right. we're gonna see what we can do with that but the one thing i do want to hit up is what took place in california with the shooting the mass shooting as it's called then i want to go ahead and hit up the maryland ghost band ghost gun band and then wrap it up with the confirming of the new Supreme Court justice that will be taking a seat within the Supreme Court. But I think it's going to be an interesting conversation because, you know, I got a theory about everything. <laughs> and we're going to go ahead and <laughs> let that go ahead and unfold. So if my buddy Osborne is listening, um, he's always said when I was a drill sergeant, like, yo, man, I know you got a conspiracy theory about this, but what is it? Because it does make sense when you be talking. <laughs> <laughs> but um let's go ahead and let's dive into a quick commercial break come on back and let's start off this um these talking points and see what good we can do with the cape and shield that we have for the good people <laughs> all right so if everybody will please go ahead and utilize the restrooms go ahead and get your drinks and if you're riding in your vehicles go ahead and take your foot off the gas hit that cruise control turn the volume up a little bit Adjust your sunglasses, lay the seat back a bit, and here are a few words from our sponsors. Are you in need of a new firearm and are planning to make your purchase online? Well, you're going to need a Federal Firearms Licensee, or FFL, to receive shipment of your purchase, to process your paperwork, and to conduct your background check. CAE Transfers is your affordable FFL solution with a cost of only $20 per item or $15 per item with the presentation of your South Carolina Concealed Weapons Permit. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and let me know that MW Tactical sent you. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Hey everyone, John from Outdoor Dynamics here. We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Kannapolis, North Carolina. 
We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to specialized 40 Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, feel free to reach out to us at OutdoorDynamics.net or we're on Instagram and Facebook with Outdoor.Dynamics. And we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for sitting through that commercial break. And once again, if you will, please hit up those sponsors and let them know that you heard about them through the M-W Tactical Podcast. Now, I've been slipping on my pimping because some of those sponsors do give discount codes and they gave me a discount code. I gave it out, but I never followed up. I kept letting everybody know the discount codes. So a little bit of homework for everybody. Go back a couple shows, more like the beginning of the season, and you're going to hear a couple of discount codes within. Now, of course, you get that discount code, hit, hit them up, and whatever you purchase, you'll get 10% off on some people and 15% off on other people who actually gave the discount code. But you got to do your homework and go back and listen to past episodes from the beginning of the season to get that code <laughs> all right so now we have three talking points we was going to hit up before the commercial break and i don't want to talk about them in a specific order so let's talk about the maryland gun ban first and the only reason i say this is because we talked about a little bit of this last week and I honestly didn't think it was going to get passed. I didn't say that, but I said it in personal conversation. So like when me and Rob Mills was talking offline, I actually told him like, yeah, I don't think that's going to pass, you know, but look, what's just about to happen? You know, so what's your take on this? What's going on in Maryland with this gun ban? I think it kind of makes sense when I think of the proximity of Maryland to DC and that yeah. whole area and it's basically just you know it's it's the California of the east essentially <laughs> <laughs> pretty much that's that's probably the best way to sum it up right <laughs> poor California we don't give them any breaks on this show <laughs> man I'm, I mean like common sense is not a factor out there no. But that ideology is spreading to other states. And, you know, like a lot of people who live in California try to flee to Texas and Texas is like, no, y'all need to go back to California. We're not doing that here. You know, and that's what we need to start doing on the East Coast. Y'all you need to take that back out to the Pacific region. No, that, that don't fly out here. <laughs> you know? So, you know, basically, um, as we talked about last week, the whole ghost gun ban was nothing more than these senators and congressmen and women actually coming forth saying false myths about ghost guns, right? So when you read and you hear these politicians talk about ghost guns, it leads me to believe that there are they are so far out of touch that they're just saying whatever just to rile up the troops to get support to do whatever because right. once again when you're doing all this stuff only thing you're doing is you're hurting the people who are doing the right thing 
you know. And so this ghost gun ban, this right here is from CBS Baltimore. Um, they're in Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> and this is one of the passages that was written in this article, right? Hogan said, while he appreciated the work lawmakers did to ban so-called ghost guns, the legislation don't have anything to penalize people who actually use them in violent crimes. Let that sink in before we go any further. <laughs> he urged lawmakers to pass crime-fighting measures he supports. So how many times have you heard anybody say anything about a crime taking place and a ghost gun was using it? Never. Yeah. Now, there's been plenty of times you heard of people doing crime and it was a stolen firearm used for that crime. But right. not one time have I ever heard anybody say, oh, this bank was robbed or these people were shot or this car was jacked with a ghost gun. Right. You know what I'm saying? So how is this adding up? You know? It's now, not. Yeah, it's not. It's not. When you ask the conspiracy side of me, this right here is what I think it is. The AR-15 was the target four years ago, mm -hmm. right? It died down because of um, Beto O'Rourke became the face, the poster child for we're gonna take your AR-15s, right? It didn't work. So now the plan is, okay, let's reorganize and let's come out of a different way. So you start doing stuff like this, hit up the ghost gun ban, and then they're going to slip in little passages that's going to cover a little bit of everything else. And when it spreads out before you know it, that's that gun control law right there. Yep. You know what so, I'm saying? And a lot of people are not understanding that because a lot of Americans have short memories. Yeah, most. I feel like most. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so remember a couple years ago, I think Clinton was in office at this time. And the ban on AR-15s was about to be lifted. Wasn't it? Hand oh. I thought it was handguns. No, it was AR-15. Oh, okay. And I don't know if I'm telling the story correctly, but I do remember I was when I was in the military, I came home and I was overseas at this time. Okay. Right? And I came home and uh, me and my uncle, we were sitting there, we was talking and he was like, hey, let's go up to the gun store. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's go up there. And literally you walk in, they were selling cheap AR-15s that you normally can get for like four or $500 for $1,100. And <laughs> I remember this one guy, he was at the counter and when he was looking at the firearm, I'm standing over his shoulder just looking and I'm listening to the sales guy talk to him about this AR-15 that was in his hand. And the salesman was making up stuff to make the firearm sound that much more better. 
oh, they did this, they they coded this, this out or another. So when he walked off, I walked up to the guy and I was like, hey, can I look at this right quick? And he said, well, you look like somebody who knows what they're talking about. And I said, I'm going to let you know, man, I'm in the military and I'm overseas. I'm just home on leave. And he was like, okay, so you can give me a class on this. And I was like, yes, sir. So I went ahead, took it apart. And I started looking at everything. And I was like, man, this ain't nothing different than what I have overseas. <laughs> you know, the only difference is, is that I got a burst button on it and it's rigged up a little bit differently, but the idea is still the same. There is nothing special about this firearm, right? And when I started looking at it closely, I was like, you know, if I recall, this firearm is really nothing more than $500. So they're selling it to you at a higher price because of what's going on. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's the same thing that's taking place with this gun ban. Right. You know what I'm saying? I um, mean, the ghost gun ban because of the fact they're saying all this stuff, but they're not showing statistics as to what's taking place. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't understand. I, I mean, I totally I understand that what's taking place is you're leading with the false representation and you're trying to implement the fear to say, hey, this is what we're doing. You know? But I'm a firm believer in if you want real change, why are you not going after the people who are doing the crimes with the firearms? Why are you coming after the everyday person who is not doing the crime? That's who the punishment is coming down on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And this is what, because uh, I already know somebody going to say something to me about it. Well, change this, change that. Okay, let's look at it like this. In order for change to happen, something has to take place because I'm a firm believer in if you do the crime, make an example out of the person doing the crime. So the next person who's wanting to do that crime, it's going to deter them from wanting to do it. You know, yeah. think about what they do overseas and um, the Middle East region. You know, you steal something, you chop your hand off, you ain't stealing nothing again. <laughs> so everybody see that, you know what I'm saying? That's going to deter people from doing that, you know? So, but what's your take on that? Um, well, I think that's that's funny because, like, in the next or in one of the talking points, we'll we'll talk about how um, you know lessening sentences on crimes leads to bad things happening. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like yes. we have situations where you're like, oh yeah, like you know, we're gonna go after uh, the gun, but then we're going to not punish the people who are actually committing the crime. But I'll we'll get to that in a minute because I actually have a couple <laughs> things I want to say on this one. Right. So first of all, the governor in Maryland. So this is on MarylandMatters.org. I have no, I've never read this website before, but it seems to be kind of like this. It's got government and environment and education, blah blah blah. Um, some like Maryland-based news source. Um, so the governor allowed this legislation to pass, he's a Republican, um, he allowed this legislation to pass without him actually signing it. So he didn't sign this into law, which I think is really weird. And I don't know how, the, I don't know like what the workaround is on that. Like if it's like a- There's a loophole in there somewhere. Cause yeah. um, it's the same thing with Congress and the Senate. Like so many right. people, however they do it, there's always gonna be a loophole. 
but I'm like right there like that's it's shady right off the bat like you're not gonna put your name on this bill like why that's weird mm-hmm. like dipping into both like and I don't like that and that's why I don't like Republicans um because they don't have a backbone so like if you're going to stand for something and like put your name on it then put your freaking name on it like you're going to put this in the law and you're supporting it to so sign a piece of paper but he he's trying to both sides and look democrats i work with the other side of the aisle and we got this legislation passed but he's not going to sign it because he's going to say hey republicans i passed this or you know we passed this legislation but i didn't actually sign off on it and i'm like man that's just dirty politics i hate that stuff yeah, um, it's, it's so a bigger agenda to that yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so right off the bat i'm not a fan of what's going on um Secondly, the point that you said, it doesn't actually punish those who, um, you know, are doing the crimes. No, it doesn't. And I don't know, you don't actually know how it, um, I don't know how it deters crime in the first place. And then like the actual punishment for this. So it says the, um, the legislation will ban the purchase of unserialized firearms starting on June 1st, 2022 and ownership on March 1st of 2023, and then anyone who possesses a ghost gun after that date will be subject to a misdemeanor punishable by up to two years in prison, um, averting a lifetime ban on gun possessions. So this is weird too, because- (laughs) Doesn't add up, doesn't add up. I know, like, so how are they going, uh, other than searching your house, how are they going to actually know that the gun you have is or is not registered? And how, you know what I mean? Like, just because you can't buy or sell them in Maryland does not mean that you cannot get them in the other 49 states that haven't done this. So, and, and kind of like you said, how many ghost guns are really out there and I don't know and we won't know right because you don't Mm. there's no way to really track them so it's speculation but in the grand scheme of things I I it's kind of like a virtue signal right like oh we're gonna do this thing and say that we're going after firearms and we're protecting people but you're really not one because the percentage of people who use ghost guns is not it's not a large group of people from what it seems like and from the crimes that are you know generally reported on and additionally it's uh the the whole bill is doing nothing to actually stop or deter or um you know really punish crime so (laughs) it's like they're just checking a box to make themselves feel good you know what i mean i don't believe in ghost but i do have one friend i believe in and his name is ghost but i fully support and believe everything he says but (laughs) outside of that i don't believe in ghosts (laughs) (laughs) and a ghost gun ban uh, okay is that along that same theory right there (laughs) you know but when you turn around and you look at it as that passage says how many times is this being used in a crime you know there is a law that says you can make a firearm at home. Now, if I make a firearm at home, it's not going to have a serial number on it. Right. But if I do everything properly with making that firearm at home and go through the ATF and they stamp it and they know about it, right, they're not going to give me a serial number for it, but they're going to tell me, hey, you just can't sell it. 
You know what I'm saying? So like, even if you call and you ask them like, hey, what's the law that says I can make a firearm at home? They will tell you what you can't do, right. you know? So is that considered a ghost gun? <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? So it's written in the law that you can do that, you know, in the comforts of your own home. So like, are we circumventing everything now for what reason? Because a lot of stuff are not going out of control. Like, what about suppressors? Right. Right. Didn't they say this like a year and a half ago that suppressors were used in crimes? Yeah. No, I was like, no, nah, never seen one report of a suppressor used in a crime. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? That like, that's just doesn't, you're not thinking, if you're going to commit a crime, you're not going to be like, oh, let me get my suppressor and let me use the firearm with the suppressor. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's, criminals aren't thinking that way. Like yeah, I, it's it's just all about the thought process of myths. I have yet, and I'm still waiting for the lawmakers to bring forth real gun people, instructors, people who really understand the science behind firearms to have that honest conversation. Right. As of right now, I can say it will never happen. If you get somebody who is a politician, who is pro 2A, and they really want to make a point, that's where it's going to start at. Let's bring in these people who talk firearms, train firearms, shoot firearms, and let's ask some questions. Better yet, let's go to the range and let's find out for ourselves instead of hearing it from their mouths. I believe that's going to happen one day and it's going to shut up a lot of people who are anti because I've done it beforehand, whereas I took three people who were anti-gun, took them to the range and showed them a firearm, let them shoot the firearm. Two of them are now pro too late. <laughs> I'm a firm believer. It can happen, but the door has to be opened the right way. Right, just like we invite people to tell us the truth, it's the same way as with the knowledge and the information. It has to be honest, it has to be factual. You can't coerce it, you have to show it and demonstrate it straight up. <laughs> exactly. Know? I know one of my girlfriends just went to the gun range last weekend for the first time and she loved it. And she's going back this weekend, and she's like, totally, she, and she's like, I know you, she lives in Ohio, but she's from here. And she's, she knows that I'm in the firearms. We've talked about it like a lot. And she was like, I'm going to this class. I'm going to the gun range. And she like, she sent me a Snapchat. She's like, I'm wearing my flannel. So I feel like I'll fit in better. <laughs> but she didn't have a ghost gun, though, did she? She didn't have a ghost gun. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm So that's, that's crazy to me. And there's enough people, like, when you go to a range, people can't look at other people who are shooting, like, Oh man, that's a new SIG, or that's that H and K, or that's that old school, whatever. Right. And that one time, man, that looked like something they made in the basement of their home. <laughs> I never went to the range and saw anything like that. <laughs> you know? No. That's crazy to me. It is crazy. There's two, there's a couple of things that are, kind of stood out to me on this case that I think are is interesting. So, well, one, the moms demand action. Like we all know that that, that group is very vocal and it's whatever, women are emotional and do all sorts of things. So I Points, facts. <laughs> <laughs> and we get in our feelings and don't listen to facts. But, um, okay, so 
I think this is this is so funny to me. So there's so much there's like so much propaganda like terminology that just is like now like part of our like our overall vernacular that we just have used anytime we're talking politics. So this uh, this statement that the Moms Demand Action said this law is critical to keeping the growing threat of ghost guns out of our communities, our schools, and most importantly, away from our kids. I'm like, really? You do realize this is the same group of people, the same party that is now trying to like you know, sexualize anyone who's under four and somehow that's not a threat. I mean, that's like a real, that's like everyone in school is going to go through this curriculum change and the amount of school shootings that happens versus the number of, you know, gun violence cases that happen is slim to none. So I just have a hard time believing that it's really about the children and that they're just throwing out these talking points because that's what they've always done. Um, and then the last thing, oh yeah, how it says, well, there's two things, right? So they're, you know, ghost guns have become a rapidly growing threat to public safety. And I'm like, I want, I want the stats. I want to know where they're pulling, like, give me the source. If you can produce the paper, the article, the FBI violent crime statistics that tell me, oh yes, you know, since 2010, we've seen ghost guns involved in this many crimes, which is blah, 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 exponentially greater than whatever. But like, wh where, like, where are you pulling this from? I, I'm open to hearing it. If, if that's actually the case, then sure, then we can have that conversation. Mm -hmm. But everything that I've seen has just been hearsay and talking points. And I don't, where is the evidence to actually back that up? Because we can't just be passing these laws based on, you know, things that are hearsay. Talking about something like that, um, COVID twenty minus one. Talking about something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Right. it's not yeah. it's not real no more, right? You know, you right. Know, right? It's over. And then the, the last sentence of that is like, you know, this bill saves lives. I'm like, oh, if I hear one more thing about saving lives, mm -hmm. I don't know. Some people are there's gonna be less lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but now. That all that's going to tie into um, the third talking point because I want to save the the talking point that's associated with this after the next one we talk about because yeah. it gets juicy and I think all that stuff is tied in with each other because a lot of the vocabulary carries over to that also once again the state on the Pacific region that we keep beating up <laughs> on the show. Um, but before we talk about that one, I do want to talk about the confirming of the judge that just took place, All right? So as a female, how do you feel about this taking place? Ugh, I'm so disappointed. Okay, first of all, this is a woman judge who couldn't even define what a woman is. Okay. So that's a big red flag. Um, I don't... I don't like her. She is a part of this federal. So this is crazy. This is like makes my conspiracy brain just go nuts, right? So when you look up the cases that she's been on, she was on like the Pizzagate case, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's like one of BC. Like, how is this even mm -hmm. happening? I'm like, what timeline are we living in? This is just insane to me. 
Um, but I mean, she's just a hack. She's a political hack. I don't think she's overly intelligent. I think she's your typical progressive left-wing, like, oh, cool. And then there's a, uh, an article in the, like literally in the Associated Press saying that, you know, Judge Brown was going to be the first black justice on the Supreme Court. I'm like, wait, what happened yeah, to Clarence? Yeah, yeah, I just forgot about Clarence. <laughs> Like, he's been up there so long he does like what <laughs> like, come on now like, what's going on here <laughs> once again like, americans with short memories didn't know what we said memories and then so, i was like oh yeah they probably said that clarence thomas isn't black because he didn't vote for joe biden <laughs> that's probably it that was a hashtag one <laughs> man but right. yeah i mean overall it's it is what it is they're they replaced a left-leaning judge with a further left-leaning judge. So it, it you know, it, it's not a huge loss, but I just think it's, and there's so many more qualified, more intelligent. If you wanted to go for a black woman, there are, in my opinion, way more qualified, better candidates. And Biden didn't want anything to do with, this is like back in the nineties, I forget her name, but she was one of the judges up for nomination. I think, um, Oh yeah, free. he he turned her down. Back yeah, then. he turned her down. I thought that was in the eighties, though. Might have been the eighties or the nineties. I think it was uh, the first George Bush. I think it was under his presidency. Yeah, well, the first one that was in the eighties, then. Okay. Yeah, that was in the eighties. Um, but I, I do remember seeing something about that, like how he shot her down. But then you also got to remember he also was instrumental in that crime bill. Right. that put a lot of people in jail for crack and, yeah. and straight up cocaine. Mm -hmm. And you got 15 more years because of baking soda. Right. Let's do the math right there. <laughs> that doesn't really add up to me. Yeah. You know, so because either way you look at it is um, it's the same substance and baking soda you can buy at Walmart. Right. So, <laughs> you know, the dollar store even. All right, so let's do the math there. But um, I see a couple things with this judge, you know. Um, I heard a few things I didn't agree with, all right? So first thing, I do commend the Ford movement of recognizing a woman to take this position. The other thing I look at as far as forward movement is that it is a woman of color, right? So progression right there, in a sense of speaking. Don't bite me yet. The one thing I don't agree with is some of the things I've heard about her, what took place in her career, right? So... And this is when the political realm within the cities, because I'm not a big fan of the court system because I believe a lot of times lawyers and judges, when they get into the chambers, they start making side deals, but then when they get in front of the people, the client, they try to make it look like, okay, I was fighting for you or we just lost or the judge was too harsh or whatever. All of them are in on it together because you got to think about it. If they constantly look at each other day in and day out in the court system. They already have a friend base and everything. And I was dating a lawyer at one time, you know, <laughs> and she actually told me, 
a lot of times it goes like, hey, if you owe me a favor, you got to give this or, you know, it's like the person doesn't really mean anything that's paying for the lawyer in a sense of speaking, you know. The one thing that got me was the people who was bought up on um, the pedophile charges and the sentences she gave. That was the, the one thing that really bothered me the most. Because now how many other cases did you go lenient on when you're in a position, especially you were, or you are a mom? You know what I'm saying? So- Because um, they don't care about kids, they don't. Yeah, that's sacrificial lamb, right? <laughs> but that's the thing that that bothered me the most about her career. Like some of her cases, she didn't do what she could have done as far as maximizing the sentence. And the thing that turned me off about all this was when they actually did the confirming in Congress, the people that got up and walked out. When I saw that, I was like, that's disgusting, disrespectful. And now that goes back to backing up what I said about the country as far as there's two different Americas. You know, it's a conversation that needs to be had. Now, I just had this conversation earlier before the recording that if you want to see real change happen in America, you have to be equal across the board. Because I believe if you make everything equal across the board, if money is the agenda, this place will be booming. It won't be just 1%. It will be the whole nation will be booming, you know? But I'm a firm believer in a certain group of people based off of their genetic tags, you know, I can go before a judge and do a crime. Somebody who doesn't look like me can go before a judge and do the same exact crime, but the sentences will not be the same, you know? Now, let's remember this one, because this just happened not even three years ago, maybe four years ago. There was a college student, two instances, college students, and a female was raped. One was a black guy, one was a white guy. Well, I don't want to say black and white, because when technically when you look at it, nobody is black or white. You know what I'm saying? So... Caucasian American and a person of color. I'm not from Africa, so I don't believe in calling nobody African American. You know what I'm saying? So when you look at it from that standpoint, the Caucasian American got probation. How long is that going to stick with you if you get probation? A couple of years. Until you pay off that debt, <laughs> then it's like, eh, you got charged with a misdemeanor, in a sense of speaking. Now, the person of color, I think he ended up getting like years, 20 years, 
30 years maybe. Same crowd. Right? So that's how I believe America is. Now, if I'm wrong, prove me wrong. Because there's been a few times when I went to court and I didn't get served justice. And I have nothing as far as criminal past. But I got slam dunked like I was a criminal. <laughs> you know? And I do understand it was all um, monetarily the reasons why it was taking place. You know, but I also specified that to my lawyer. But my lawyer kept trying to tell me, no, you're looking at it wrong. You're looking at it wrong. At the end of everything, lawyer turned around and said, I think you were right. Dude, you never had to live the way I had to live in America. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's two different Americas, you know? Now, is this... Judge is supposed to be fair. So you can't take anything away from a judge because whatever the decision of the judge is going to be fair. That's how you honestly have to look at that, right? Regardless of what you think. Is this a payoff of some such, right? Did you get put in to this position and promise what to be put into this position? Like I said, I don't have faith in the system as it is supposed to be. Because I don't feel like the elected officials are representing the people as they should also. You know? So, like I said at the beginning, I am happy that forward progress is taking place. But at the same time, we just took that step forward. I think we just took three steps back also. So what really changed? I don't know. I just no. don't think she was the right person to put on the court. And we just put a woman on the court, like Trump did. And Obama put on Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan. Like there's been, it's not like there hasn't been women on the court. Like that's yeah. like, oh, cool. We got our token black one. Great, good. High five, thumbs up. You guys are checking all your boxes. Like I'm tired of people like just like simping for the Democrats because they're like, race baiting everybody you know it's, it's um, i'm more along the lines of i'm tired of everything being broken down to like sides parties and affiliations yeah you know what i'm saying because technically when you look at it oh let me reverse this <laughs> <laughs> an idiot can teach you anything somebody who is stupid or that you consider dumb or non-intelligent can teach you anything, mm -hmm. right? So let's just happen to say you're walking downtown, whatever city you are in America, and somebody who is an, average, an avid drug user, and let's say a crackhead, somebody who smokes crack regularly, gets up and on a soapbox and just starts speaking. You sit there and you listen to this person who does this drug all the time and you know it and all the signs are there you can identify okay this is a crackhead this is an avid drug an avid drug user 10 minutes of him talking you're going to take away some stuff but some stuff might resonate in you if you truly listen to him you know what i'm saying so i mean you can learn from an idiot 
Like my my granddad used to tell me that when I was younger. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? you can learn from an idiot. <laughs> but when we sit down and you really sit, you look at politics right now, right? Because I don't identify with Republican or Democrat. So if somebody asks me, I'll be like, I like both sides. And oh, I hate both are, sides. I hate <laughs> but, you know, because I mean, like, honestly, when I say I like both sides, what I'm saying is, oh, this side come up with some good ideas. This side come up with some good ideas. All right. The best way I can actually sum it up is there was an interview with Jay-Z one time and they kept asking him, are you Democrat or are you Republican? And he straight up said it. You know, a lot of times um, for political reasons, I voted for the way I voted. Because you got to remember at this time frame, the rich was getting all these tax breaks. So he voted Republican at that time. <laughs> but look at what he does with this money. He does give back tremendously also. You know, so how many politicians can we say that's doing that? And not a lot. Exactly. So and a lot of kickbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um let's dive into a quick commercial break. And when we come back, let's hit up this last point talking about was this West Coast Pacific region, <laughs> that state again. <laughs> and we're gonna dive into that when we come back. So if everybody will, take this time and go ahead, refresh your drinks, utilize the restrooms, adjust your headphones, and here are a few words from our sponsors. Hey, this is Brian. Thank you so much for listening to the N-W Tactical Podcast. Michael has been a great supporter of Hunter's HD Gold, and it's my pleasure to be a support for his podcast as well. Make sure you check out the Hunter's HD Gold website for prescription orders and also custom orders where you can use your own frame for your Hunter's HD Gold lenses. Or if you want to try the new Hunter's HD Ruby, we have information there as well. Because we always use Trivex lenses as our base material, and all our lenses are photochromic. So they change so you don't have to. So thank you again for listening to the N-W Tactical Podcast, and we'll see you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality hermit oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer bolt-on shell, your draw becomes solid and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical.
All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for sitting through that commercial break. Now we're on the last leg of the M-W Technical Podcast. Now, all show, well, pretty much all season, y'all know we give between California and Florida a hard time. <laughs> I don't know what it is about these two places on the outside of the country. Maybe the walls are falling thin, they can't hold the glue together or something, but they're falling apart, right? We all know that not too long ago, there was a shooting that took place in Sacramento. Now they're calling this shooting a mass shooting. I got a couple questions about this. Number one, what defines a mass shooting? And when this initial report went out, who investigated it? And who was the one that gave the green light to say this? Right? Because we got to remember a few things about California is out of how many laws is it for gun control? Like over 40,000 laws on the books for gun control. All the laws. <laughs> California supports them all. <laughs> but yet this shooting still took place. So let's really add this up. Right. Anything you put on paper is not going to stop anything. Right. Now, they did say they caught somebody in relation to the shooting. So that person is about to become the poster child for, <laughs> hey, let's go ahead and move forward with this new agenda that we have coming forth. Now, also remember, the president is calling gun control something new and this is what the politicians do they give it a name to make it sound non-threatening they actually call it gun crime reduction strategy now if i was to walk up to you on the streets and say hey let me talk to you about the gun crime reduction strategy i mean when i first heard that i was more like oh man that's Sounds pretty good. Okay, now we're going to talk about training kids. They should be touching firearms when the parents ain't around. <laughs> um, you know, getting people more indoctrinated. No, this is nothing more than we're coming to get your firearms. This is what the president has said right after this shooting in Sacramento. It's called the gun crime reduction strategy. Now you gotta remember a couple shows ago, we had said that they called um, gun reform something else as if it sounds pleasing. This is all the re-strategy. Hey, we gotta regroup, we gotta re-engage. This is part of that. You know, this is nothing more than gun control. We're coming to get your firearms. You know, don't be fooled, <laughs> you know. But what is your take on what took place in California with this shooting? Because I got a lot to say about this also. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So first of all, <clears throat> this guy, Smiley, isn't his name Smiley? Ricky Smiley? No, I think it's Smiley. Hold on. Smiley Martin. Oh, okay. Oh, smiley. Okay. I know you're talking about. <laughs> All right. 
he's like not he's like a he's not even 30 he's like late 20s and he was already this is so funny it's not funny it's terrible so he but it's ridiculous like it's funny in the sense that of like what happened so he was already serving time because he got in a domestic violence incident with his girlfriend and like beat her up and dragged her out by her hair and it was like a really bad terrible thing and obviously like these are women who should be carrying firearms and protecting themselves from their abusive boyfriends and just leaving their relationships, which I know is hard. I know you're in love with him, but girl, get out. Like he is not worth it. Um, and uh, anyway, so he's, you know, already a criminal, already has a violent past. And California passed a law recently that would let people like Smiley get out of jail early get out of prison early. And it's like, you guys are like, you reap what you sow. I feel bad for the people that died, but I don't feel bad for the people who vote this. Like, this is literally what you're voting for and it's what you're getting. And I don't know how to get it through their heads that it, like, I don't even, it's so contradictory. On one hand, they're like, well, we want to take away guns, but we also want to not charge violent criminals. So that just means that the criminals are going to have more guns and cause more problems, right? Like, isn't that how that kind of shakes out? <laughs> like, roundabout. roundabout. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think that part is really interesting. Um, what else? Oh, the mass shooting thing. Okay, I still, I don't know why. Well, what is the what is the mass shooting thing? Isn't it like four or more people who aren't related? Isn't that what it's? Well, they're they're trying to come up with a clear definition because there is no true definition of a mass shooting. So, just like they made up a definition for the AR-15, calling it assault rifle. Okay. Now, my take on this is for the fact you're telling me my whole military career. I'm thinking an automatic machine gun is the assault rifle, meaning once you shoot that automatic machine gun, I can assault into the objective to do my job as an infantryman. So like when people call an AR-15 an assault rifle, I'm like, what? It didn't make sense to me, right? So there's no clear definition about mass shootings, right? So this is the part that makes it more funny to me but it's not a laughing matter. <laughs> yeah, exa exactly, right. It's not a laughing matter, but it, it's funny. Like, mm -hmm. I also think, so, okay, so he was, um, I'm reading this article, because he was basically released early. So it says, in April of 2021, the district attorney argued against his early release from prison. In a letter to the parole board, she wrote, inmate Martin has for his entire adult life, displayed a pattern of criminal behavior. They're literally telling you that this guy is a criminal. He's a repeat offender. This is his MO. This is what he does. Maybe we should keep him behind bars longer because he's proven himself to be a menace to society, you know? But it's like, oh no, it's, in, it's California. We're gonna let him go. He'll fit right in with everybody else. Right. But now let's let's also remember that they have programs in jail for people to change. But these programs don't necessarily work because the system is stacked against the person, you know? And when I say that, I'm saying it more along the lines of like 
if I went to jail and I got charged with some form of a felony, and when I get out, my life is not going to be the same because I'm not going to be able to do certain things because of that tag. Right. You know, so I'm I'm not going to be able to vote. I'm not going to be able to have a firearm. It's going to cut me down, especially if your life was revolved around a certain skill set. You know, so now you got to start all over again. A lot of people just give up. You know what I'm saying? So they go through the motions in jail to say like, oh yeah, I reformed. I'm smiling on your face. Yes, I reformed. I'm good. I'm this, I'm that. But then when they get out, they go right back to what they was doing because that's what they know. The change isn't real because they already got it accepted in their mind that I'm going to be nothing for the rest of my life. Not everybody in jail who has that tag um, falls into that category. But that's what this one sounds like. Yeah. Any, well, it's weird because like him and his brother are both both involved. So I'm trying to figure out which one's who. But regardless, <laughs> they both, <laughs> they're both like not good dudes. Um, and the one didn't even complete his court ordered you know, stuff that he was supposed to do. So I just feel like it's, I don't know. I mean, I do think that there's some people who just aren't, they just need to be in jail, right? They're not, they're not good people and they're not uh, necessarily reformable. And I, that's sad, but I think it's also a reality. And I think that if you're, and like, there's another guy too. They're like, oh, you know, we want to do all these background checks and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, this guy never would have passed a background check. And I'm sure he didn't pass a background check. And I'm sure the firearm that he had was not legally his, you know? Mm -hmm. So you already have a guy who's, you know, you have all these laws in place. Like you have these, like, they have to do all these things, but yet he's still got a firearm, you know? So like all of your laws don't mean anything because they're Mm -hmm. not stopping crime. And that's the problem. (laughs) that's the problem so now at the beginning of this as we already stated beforehand that california has every law with firearms on the books except for that one they didn't pass oh yeah except for that one go and look in the homes of the (laughs) (laughs) yes that was that was the one they shot that one down (laughs) so you gotta remember they got a ban on high capacity magazines right now of course if you do any type of work out there in california that requires you to have a high capacity magazine there's a process you got to go through to just say that you can have a magazine with more than 10 rounds in it right then also they all right so you go buy a firearm in california you got to do a background check you go get ammo in california guess what you got to do that same background check every time you go back to buy ammo. All right, so that was put in place to deter people. But once again, you're hurting the average citizen, right? Why isn't this gun control measure working if they're doing all this stuff, right? Now, this is my belief. The shooting that took place in Sacramento was not a mass shooting, right? Because when you say mass shooting to me, 
that was a plan by a person or a group of people that went in and just started shooting people. This right here, to me, I, I didn't grow up in a gang culture, so I can't honestly say if this was like a gang thing, right? But I don't believe this was a gang thing. I believe this was a beef between two people and innocent people got caught in the crossfire. That's what I believe took place. I could be wrong, but until something is said, <laughs> that's what I'm going to stick with. <laughs> so the whole definition of this being a mass shooting, this right here is nothing more than a political attempt to go ahead and try to push forward this gun crime reduction strategy because the president actually came out with this speech that sound pretty about all these cities um, need to get the resources they need to fight crime, especially when it comes to firearms, X, Y, and Z. It sounded good, but it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Exactly. Right? They put a blanket over your eyes right now. Like I said, it sounds good, but it's not all there as they're making it out to be. Right. You know, so um, why would you say that in a place, and once again, America, you got short memories. California supports every law that is written when it comes to firearms. Right? So there's leaps and bounds you got to go through in California to get a firearm. Unless you know the person that knows the person that knows the person that can get you a firearm. You know? But let's think about that. This place makes it so difficult for the average citizen to get a firearm, right? My brother lives in California. And this is what he told me, because you know he actually has a firearm when he was living here on the East Coast, right? Of course, you know, he kept it. It's out there in California with him. He was like, man, how do you get your ammo? I go to the gun store, buy it, and I come home. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I get my ammo. Well, what, what you got to do to get ammo? And man, they do background checks every time you go do a purchase on ammo. I said, are you serious? Every time. Now, it isn't like you can write it beginning of the week and it lasts all week. Every time you go in. That's so, crazy. if you're doing that and you still have a problem with crime with firearms, what is the problem? Because now it ain't the firearm. <laughs> it it's a is, people problem. Yeah, it isn't the citizens doing the right thing, right? As you stated, it is a people problem, but it's the people who are not obeying the laws that were put into place for society to continue to move forward. So how do we correct this? You got to build better people. <laughs> yeah, that too. No, I think it all starts with the belt, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But at the same time, it, it goes back into you got to make an example of somebody. Right? Right. So if you do a crime with that firearm, okay, you're getting charged the max because you're going under the jail. Right? Do that to the first 10 people. It's going to catch. Right? If you don't believe me, think about this. And this is outside the box. And I'm going to use a vehicle as an example. 
how many people you know actually drives around the city plus 10 over the speed limit until they see a cop and then when they get behind that cop guess what they're cruising along with that cop they don't pass them right but as soon as the cop turns off or gets off the interstate guess what they go back to doing 10 miles over the speed limit that's correct. I do nine. I only do nine over. Uh, I nine do over, you know. <laughs> I, I, don't do I don't have a lead foot. I've never been a speeder. For real? No. Oh, man. I love speed. That's because but... you're a guy. I feel like it's always, like, guys always have more speeding tickets than girls do. Like, girls aren't, I mean, I know girls at speed, but I know way more men with speeding tickets than women. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I, I do believe a lot of women talk themselves out of tickets. <laughs> I, I do honestly believe that, <laughs> and um, but that, that's a different story. That's a different story. <laughs> but at the same time, though, but I mean, honestly, think about it. Though, as long as that police officer is there, so how how did that police officer get that much respect? Now that when you see him, automatically you slow down, right? Because let's think about it. We already know once you get pulled over that's at least 30 minutes right there right right so how many people actually leave their house oh i gotta be here at 10 o'clock i'm gonna leave at 9 30. right you get pulled over at um 9 45 you're gonna be late for that 10 o'clock meeting <laughs> you know so because we know that uh, obviously police officer take you to jail police officers um put handcuffs on you depending on where you live at you might get beat up in between where they picked you up and going to jail you know, people don't want those problems. Why? Because it's already been indoctrinated in the system. So if you want crime to stop with a firearm, I do believe that you have to really put forth the efforts of maximum, maximum charge or kind of charge, maximum punishment for the crime. Yeah, throw the book. Yes. And then I think that's honestly going to deter a lot of the nonsense. That's right. just what I believe. But then in this case, you literally have people letting the criminal out of jail early. Like they literally let him out. He wasn't even half, I think he was halfway through his sentence. And it was advised that he wouldn't be let out and they still let him out. So it's like, I like, it doesn't compute, right? You literally have a dude who you know is a criminal who then goes and does more criminal stuff. And now you're mad about it? Like, I, like how are you mad? This was preventable because he was already in jail. You know, the, it was The situation calls for that also. So think about um, when the pandemic first started, right? What did they start doing? Oh, well, we're going to let some people out of jail. And it was some people who did some stuff that went right back in a week after they got out. Right. Like I said, some people just don't want to change. You right. have to want to change in order to change as a person. Right. Now, fast forward to today. Why are they clearing the jails out there in California? Right. Because you got to remember, these are the same people that are leaving their car doors open and the trunk of the car is open because of the crime spree. The cops are telling you, hey, don't come out here and visit us because we ain't gonna be able to help you. Right. You know, so for whatever reason is going on, 
whenever some form of a state of emergency has taken place, they want to clear out the jails for what reason? I mean, like you already got them filled up, so the money is already there. So are you just clearing it out to bring in more people because now you're double tapping the system? That's my conspiracy. I, I mean, I really don't know. <laughs> you know. But this right here is actually proof that, in my personal opinion, gun control doesn't work. Right? You could come up with all... Actually, doesn't... Cali I mean, yeah, doesn't California have some form of laws on book for like um, smart guns that hasn't even been made yet. Probably. Yeah, like they put laws on the books like the three people. years ago and a smart gun wasn't even made up yet. You know? That, that, why are we even doing stuff like that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How do we get rid of California? <laughs> we got to change the, um, the, way of, the way people think. We got to change the way people think out there because... <laughs> I think what it is is they just got too much money and they're living in a fictitious world. Yeah, they do. That's La La Land for a reason. Yeah. But at the same time, I honestly believe, though, if you try to take firearms away from everybody, what's going to end up taking place, you're going to be in a situation like Australia, Venezuela, and other countries that did the same thing. Right? Because now the government is going to um, put a stronghold on you and then what's going to take place, right? You're really going to have um, chaos here when that takes place. I'm oh, thinking Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome type right. chaos. <laughs> no, it's going to be like a purge. It's going to be terrible. When they take the guns away, I mean, that's not so much the purge. I mean, we're going back beyond the Wild Wild West. Huh? It's about to get ugly. <laughs> it's going to get ugly. But And I, and I think... In theory, it sounds good. Yeah, you take away the guns, yeah, crime is gonna be, you know, non-existent. But you have to take the good with the bad. That's the way this country was built, right? This country was built on people robbing other people. Laws were written into place and the system is designed for a specific reason. You know what I'm saying? Like you can steal something here. Okay, don't worry about it. It's going to sound good. They're just going to give you five years probation and you can still work or whatever. You just got to check in with us once a week and give us $50 every visit. Sounds good till you start adding up everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the way the system was designed. It was designed for a reason the way it is. You know what I'm saying? But how do we go forward and how do we keep everything legit? Stop taking guns away. That's, That's one thing. It's like, I don't like, okay, like, I don't like, the Republicans to me are useless. They don't do anything. They just sort of maybe resist the Democrats once in a while. And it's not even that I don't dislike the Democrats, but they're the ones, majority of the time, who are, one, trying to pass all these weird morality things that I just don't think are good for the foundation of america moving forward and they're always the ones trying to take the guns away like that's why i have such an issue with the platform it's like where how did we get to this point how did that become the party of killing babies and taking away firearms like i just don't support those things it's just like i don't know it's not that i love the republicans they have plenty of issues in and of themselves but 
the whole of taking away firearms and like not standing for liberty and just like trampling all over the constitution that's not like that's why I rag against the Democrats so much because it's like fix your party you're you're an American citizen you live in this country the constitution was written for a reason and you should be upholding it especially if you're holding an elected position that's the whole point like you were put there to preserve preserve this country not destroy it yeah and who, if I question always is, all right, uh, okay, we want to get rid of guns. Cool. The government can go first. Yeah, that's valid. That's a valid way of looking at it. But you know what they're going to say, on a matter of national security, we can't just do that because now right. the country is going to come in and topple over us. And, right. You know what I'm saying? So well, I don't want nobody trampling over my house. So I need to keep mine too. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's how I go. But what do we do? How do you solve it? But if everybody who's listening will leave your thoughts in the comments or send us emails and tell us how would you actually come forth of change within society, starting with firearms? How would you do it? Now, as I stated earlier, I had a conversation before the recording. And I had a whole list of what needs to take place if real change was to take place in this country. But this change needs to start at the top. And the first thing I said was, you have to start with the um, judicial system. And I said, every judge that's over the age of 60 needs to be taken off, except for the United States Supreme Court. That's the only judges that need to stay relevant. The rest of them, they need to come off. You need to put fresh blood in there because a lot of, I believe a lot of these judges, they still thinking like it was back in the 50s and 60s, you know, so to get the fresh blood up in there. Next thing you need to do is Congress, senators need to have term limits. You know what I'm saying? Like meaning how long they can stay in office, you know, hold that seat, right? So it's, there's no way that somebody should be still holding the seat from 1950s to now. You know what I'm saying? You president got a term limit, but um, two four-year terms. Okay, that senator and congressman need the same thing, right? Maybe a year or two more, yeah. you know, yeah. to keep continuity going, you know? And then after that, um, you need to um, reinforce or restructure um, like any dealings with child support. You know what I'm saying? And I think, um, well, I'm not going to go into what I think, but <laughs> I think that's one thing you have to um, change. Then you have to change people who are on government assistance, right? No more free rides, right? And I think if whatever year it is, okay, September 1st, um, you have from September 1st to December 1st to come up with a viable plan. No more of this. You're just applying for a job just to keep the assistance going. We need to see real efforts. And if it's real efforts are not there, you're getting cut off, you know, but we'll give you some, um, enough assistance whereas you only get enough of food, $200 a month, right? You need to help out the rest of this also. Change the education um, value. Um, there's a whole list of things I went through. <laughs> you know, it was like a whole list of things, but um, that was just some of them that I was thinking of. And I was like, but it, it can't be done in one swoop. Like that's going to be over like 50 years, like all that stuff I was 
talking about. Um, but I do, I'm a firm believer, and if you did a crime, you need to go pay that time. So, and a lot of people might not like it for me saying this, but whatever you've done crime-wise, the same thing should happen to you. Right. You know, as far as the repayment portion of it. Read between the lines. I'm not going to say it, but read between the lines. <laughs> right. it's, it's <laughs> but that's just what I believe. Um, if you want real change, that's where it has to start. And it has to be equal across the board. It can't be the way the system is right now with two different Americas that we have, right? Because I believe, like I said, if you make everything equal, this place, meaning this country, will be booming. You know, so partying like it's 1999 every day, every night. That's how I look at it. But got any other talking points that um you want to hit up? I don't think so. I think it was a good discussion. Yeah, I think my email about to be on fire behind this one. So um, but I'm prepared for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know I me. Mean? <laughs> I think it's about to be on fire. I mean, I'm on fire all day on Instagram. Like, I just oh, yeah. trust me, I know. I, <laughs> I, know. I, know. I don't miss any words. I'm like, I don't care. You come at me. I don't. I, I will not. I will not be offended. Sometimes I'll be like, "Ooh, let me read the comments on this. See how this is gonna shake out." <laughs> it's crazy. My Instagram is such an echo chamber, though. It's so bad. I mean, everyone for the most part. I have a lot of people that follow my stories, but the ones that comment, almost all, they're all people that disagree with me. Like, there's probably like twenty or thirty people that I talk to pretty regularly, and they're just like, we just banter back and forth, and we're all on the same side. So I'm like, I need some people that are like dissenting viewpoints because at this point oh, man, we're all like you, radicalized <laughs> do what i do i go on uh, facebook and i just start throwing my thoughts out there and i know an argument's about to persist and i was like yep this one's coming back so this is what i'm gonna say back <laughs> and i already have it pre-typed in all i gotta do is hit send when they respond back <laughs> you can already see what direction is going so <laughs> it gets funny but you don't got any more talking points um we can go ahead and wrap it up and start looking for what's going to take place next week you know but um if everybody will please take this moment and in your google search bar or bing or whatever you use for a search bar and do a search for at m underscore w tactical and look up everything that pops up on youtube facebook instagram twitter and even pinterest and tiktok you know, I'm not really active on TikTok, but I do have a TikTok, <laughs> you know, but go ahead and do the like, follow, subscribe on whatever applies to that platform and I'll get the notification and then we can start a conversation. You can hit me up. I'm easy to get in touch with. And let's start a, a dialogue and see what can happen outside of the FW Tactical Podcast. Now, if you want to follow Rockstar and talk to Rockstar, you can do so at uh, I'm at Rockstar Burst on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook right now. I don't actually know if I'm going to go back on Facebook. I've been off it for, I started on Lent, like the first day of Lent. I didn't even celebrate Lent, but it was a good excuse to go off and I don't miss it. And I'm like, maybe I'll go back in the fall. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to go back on. So find so me on Instagram, Rockstar Burst. Go ahead and give Rockstar a follow and 
hit me up on one of my social media platforms. Give me a follow, start a conversation. And until next week, as we always say, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Y'all be safe out there now. <laughs>